0: This week on Hope for the Broken.
1: It is in the darkest night that light shines the brightest. And it is in the midst of this vision, of this news, that light breaks through in the tiny three-letter word, but. Worst time ever, but. At that time, your people shall be delivered. There is a limitation to the suffering that God is going to allow. And while it appears that all of hell will be unleashed on the earth, deliverance is coming, it is certain.
0: Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week, we wrap up our series in the book of Daniel. Here's our pastor, Chris Wigloo, with part 14, titled, Things to look forward to.
1: Today we arrive at the final destination of our study through the Old Testament book of Daniel. And so I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. In a message that I have entitled, Things to Look Forward To. There are things to look forward to. Now my youngest daughter, Eden, Is someone who loves to look forward to things. In fact, in August, she begins looking forward to her birthday. Her birthday's in July, okay? So as soon as her birthday's over, she starts looking forward to the next birthday. Or she's looking forward to Christmas, or she's looking forward to going out on a date night with dad. I mean, this is a girl who doesn't have a birthday. She has a birth month, and it stretches into a birth year. Any other birth month people out there? Y'all like to celebrate your whole month, okay? A few honest people here in the room. And so Eden is someone that gets so fired up, and it's fun to watch because she looks forward to so many things. Well, when it comes to our Christian lives, we have much to look forward to. Much to give us encouragement. And as we look at the last chapter of Daniel, we're going to look at those things that we can look forward to. Over the last few weeks, we've been working our way through what is Daniel's fourth and final vision. He is by now in his late 80s. Some scholars even think that he's in his early 90s. He's been faithful through it all. He's been exiled the the vast majority of his life from since being a teenager. He served God faithfully even when it was challenging and difficult. And God was faithful to him. And here he is receiving this fourth and final vision. And it was not what he had hoped for. And we learned that most of that vision has already occurred. And while it was history for Daniel or future for Daniel, it's history for us. But then there's a portion of that which is still unfulfilled. The the portion of Scripture that we know as a prophetic foreshortening, we are living in. And we don't know the exact timing of the unfolding of the last of this vision. The vision that Daniel receives and records is not, again, what he's hoping for, for the most part. It's a message of coming pain and suffering and devastation, especially for the Jews. And the unfulfilled portion talks about the coming Antichrist that will wreak havoc uh, leading up to the final return of Jesus. And in the last verse of Daniel chapter 11, we see a ray of hope. We see that this Antichrist will come to his end at the hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the holy army of God. And the verses that follow in chapter 12 continue in that ray of hope. It continues the message of hope. You know, hope is vitally important. Uh, A lack of hope or a state of hopelessness is a slippery slope that quickly leads to despair, a sense of loss of purpose, a sense of even wondering what on earth are you here for. And so hope is vitally important. Did you know hope is one of the main characteristics of the Christian faith? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul says this. He says, now these three remain these three big components to Christian faith, faith, hope, and love. Of course, he says the greatest of these is love, but hope is in the top three components of what it means to be a Christian. And the truth is you need hope. I need hope. And when we go through uh, times in our lives of difficulty, or we look upon the events of our culture, maybe in wonder where in the world can we find hope? Well, we can find hope in the personal work of Jesus Christ. In fact, one of the phrases that we love to say around here is, hope is here. Not that hope is here only at Trinity, you see, but hope is here in the person of Jesus Christ. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And so we need hope. And Daniel ends his book with the crescendo of a picture of the, old, uh, of the end times that lead us to hope. You know, the message of God's word, the totality from Genesis to Revelation is a message of hope. It's a message of deliverance. It's a message of even though we have messed up, we have sinned, we have rebelled against God, God redeems and he restores and he draws us into himself. The story of, of God, the story of history is really a story of hope. And we're going to dive into Daniel chapter 12 here and see that this morning. So let's look at five things that we can look forward to. Five things I pray will give you hope today. The first thing that we can look forward to is rescue. As Daniel continues his message of hope in chapter 12, the first thing he's going to record is the fact that rescue is coming. Even though things are going to get challenging for the Jews... There's still cause for hope. Look at verse 1 with me in Daniel chapter 12. He says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who is has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble. Such has never been since there was nation until that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, rescued. And everyone whose name shall be found written... In the book. Now, there's a few noteworthy things here that I want to touch on. The first thing is at that time. The phrase at that time that opens this verse refers to what the angel told Daniel was the time of the end, meaning the end of time. When the Antichrist has ruled the world, has persecuted believers, and has brought defilement to the rebuilt temple of the Jews. And it is at that time that he says, the angel says, that Michael will arise. Well, who is Michael? Michael is described as the great prince here in Daniel chapter 12. But in Jude, remember there's only one chapter of Jude. In Jude verse 9, Michael is named as an archangel. And it says that he contends with the devil. So Daniel's vision reveals that in the last days, the archangel Michael will arise and do battle with Satan himself. Why will the archangel need to arise? Well, we see here two reasons why Michael will need to rise up. The first is because his job. His job is the defender of Israel. His job, the task that God has given the archangel Michael is to defend his people. To defend the Jews. Daniel is told that Michael has, quote, charge of your people. He's over your people, the Jews. The second reason that he will arise is because there will be a time of great trouble. The angel tells Daniel, this is the time of trouble as has never been seen since there was a nation, referring to the establishment of Israel. Now that's significant when you think about it, because the Jews have suffered much in their history as a nation. They have been led into captivity over multiple types of uh, nations, have risen up to uh, meet them and to take them captive. Think of Hitler, who destroyed them in the Holocaust. And think of even now the Islamic jihadists that would seek to wipe the Jews from the face of the planet And yet, Daniel says there's coming a time, the angel reveals to Daniel, there's coming a time for the Jews that will be far worse than anything history has recorded to this point. Now again, this is referring to the great seven year tribulation that we read about in the book of Revelation that is yet to come. The Antichrist will arise, form a treaty with Israel and things will look copacetic. The temple will be rebuilt. But then at the midway point of that seven-year period, after three and a half years, the Antichrist will turn his back on the treaty and he will desecrate the temple and that will mark the beginning of the end of trouble for the Jews. Matthew talked about this, recorded it. Actually, it's Jesus that talked about it. Matthew recorded it in chapter 24, beginning in verse 15. I want you to hear Jesus' words about this very time of trouble. He says, so when you see the abomination of desolation, what that is, is the Antichrist defiling the temple. When you see that, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judah flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women, women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight might not be in winter or on a Sabbath. In other words, when you see that, flee. Why? Verse 21, for then, the time of abomination, there will be a great tribulation such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. Wow, Pastor Chris. I was tracking with you whenever you started the sermon. You need hope. I need hope. This doesn't seem very hopeful. In fact, it seems hopeless. Well, let me remind you of a truth. It is in the darkest night that light shines the brightest. And it is in the midst of this vision, of this news, that light breaks through in the tiny three-letter word, but. Verse 1 of Daniel 12, halfway through. Worst time ever, but at that time your people shall be delivered. In other words, there is a limitation to the suffering that God is going to allow. Rescue is coming. And while it appears that all of hell will be unleashed on the earth, deliverance is coming, it is certain. You know one thing that God is good at? It's rescuing his people. We sang about it this morning. Remember, uh, even in the bondages and slavery in Egypt, what did he do? He allowed them to escape Egypt. And though the Egyptian army was traveling fast after them, what did he do? He parted the Red Sea, performed a miracle. He gave them deliverance after wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and gave them the promised land. God is good at rescuing. He needs no training for his rescue missions because he is sovereign over all. But God is all about deliverance, and we read about deliverance time and time and time again throughout the pages of Scripture. Did you know there are actually two major rescues that the Bible talks about? And each rescue is good news. The first rescue is the rescue of salvation. Daniel says that the deliverance is for who? For those whose name shall be found written in the book. What is the book? I believe it's the book of life, talked about in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. How do you get your name in the book of life? Well, Paul tells us by God's grace, through faith and the finished work of the cross, we are delivered, we're rescued from the wrath of God and the bondage of sin, and our name is forever recorded in the book of life. That's the gospel. That's good news. There is rescue. The second rescue that the Bible talks about is the second coming of Jesus. Jesus is coming again. And when he comes again, even the the forces of hell won't be able to handle him. Jesus continues in what is called the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 25. Look at verses 29 through 31 as Jesus wraps this thing up. He says, and immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the son of the man. And then the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. In other words, things may be challenging, but we look forward to rescue. No matter what we face, here's the truth. Jesus is coming for those that are his. And he's coming to provide rescue praise, Jesus. The second thing that we can look forward to is resurrection. Death is not the end for the believer. And Daniel talks about this. He records what the angel is telling him in verse 2 of Daniel 12. He says this, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. A couple of things here. First of all, the term sleep is often used in Scripture to refer to death. Your sleep. In other words, death for the believer is simply temporary. It's simply the beginning. It's not an end. And so sleep followed by shallow awake is referencing to death and then a resurrection. And what is important to note is this is that when the Bible speaks of resurrection every time it talks of res- resurrection I want you to be clear this is what the Bible means. It means a physical bodily resurrection. It's not referencing a spiritual ideology. Jesus rose physically. He rose bodily. His body disappeared. The linens were folded. He came out of the grave. He appeared to many. And so therefore we know that the resurrection in the end will be physical and bodily. Now There are many different beliefs surrounding what happens between the time of one's death and the time of one's bodily resurrection. One popular belief that I read about is a place called purgatory. And I want you to know something. This is not a biblical view. Nowhere in the pages of Scripture will you read the term purgatory or will you even see the idea alluded to. Scripture teaches that it is appointed once to die and then judgment. In other words, there is no intermediate state. So then what happens when someone dies? Well, you remember what the Apostle Paul says? To be absent from the body is to be where? Present with the Lord. There is no intermediate space. There's no intermediate time. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So then what is Daniel teaching? Well, it's confirmed in the New Testament that when somebody passes away, though their body is laid in the ground, their soul continues in existence. And for the believer, that is in the presence of the Lord in the current heaven. Then at some point... The rapture of the church will happen. God will take those. And scripture tells us who will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise. And then those that are alive will do what? Will meet them together with the Lord in the air. So at some point, there will be a rapture where the resurrection of the body and the soul are rejoined in what will be a perfected body, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us. And they will live eternally in the new heaven and the new earth. You know, I think it's important for me to just say this because I think many people think it. I think many people say, well, what about cremation? Is cremation wrong? Because if there's supposed to be this physical bodily resurrection, then is cremation against God's desires and his wishes? And the answer to that is no. You know how I know that? Scripture says from dust we were formed, and to dust we shall what? Return." The same God that formed out of the dust of the earth can form out of the ashes of the body, a physical body that is reunited with the soul in a perfected body forever, right? And so if you've ever wondered that, I think scripture is absolutely clear that that is not against God's desires or sinful or shameful. The point is, though, that Daniel teaches that what Jesus confirms and the New Testament promotes that a resurrection will happen. Now, what Daniel says here is that there will be a resurrection of all people. In other words, every human who has passed away from this life will be resurrected in the last days. And he says that there are only two destinations for those people. He says, quote, some should rise to everlasting life, And some to shame and everlasting contempt. In other words, some will rise to heaven and some will rise to hell. To those who have trusted in Jesus, resurrection and eternal life with him in glory. To those who have not, resurrection to eternal death. Only two destinations. And which destination you and I go depends on what we have done with the person and work of Jesus Christ. There is but one way to escape the second death and that is by faith in the Son of God. Now I'll tell you this because not because I'm narrow-minded, not because I'm I'm mad or, or intolerant. I preach this, number one, because the Holy Scriptures preach this and I am to preach the whole counsel of God. But I preach this also because I love you way too much for you to not know the truth. God has given us revelation through his holy word of what will come of all of us. But he has also provided a rescue for us that by embracing Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we can know with certainty our destination and we can look forward to that. And so we look forward to rescue. We look forward to resurrection. Thirdly, we look forward to reward. As believers in Jesus Christ, we get a reward Verse 3 of Daniel chapter 12, he says this, And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. The term wise is a reference to those who are saved, who have come to a saving knowledge, a saving faith in the person work of Jesus Christ. The Bible often refers to unbelievers as foolish, The wise are those that trust Jesus, and the foolish are those that do not. And the saved will shine like the brightness of the sky above. What is that? That's a reward. It's a reward in glory. We get to share in the glory of God for everlasting life as the children of God. But also notice, as the angel delivers this, the extra reward. All people who have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior will receive a reward, but there's an extra reward. Who gets the extra reward? Look at what he says at the end of verse 12. He says, Those who turn many to righteousness shine like the stars forever and ever. In other words, all who are in Christ shine, but those that lead others to faith shine a little bit brighter. You gain access to the kingdom of God by faith, but your reward in eternity is determined by your faithfulness here and now. And so there's this Two types of reward that Daniel records. So we look forward to rescue, we look forward to resurrection, and we look forward to reward. Fourthly, we look forward to recognition. Now, when I say recognition, I'm not talking about the recognition that comes from receiving an award, I'm talking about knowledge, the ability to be able to recognize something. What is it that we will be able to recognize? I think that what Daniel is saying is that you'll be able to recognize, discern, know what's happening in the sign of the end days. Look again at verse four of Daniel chapter 12. The angel says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. A couple of things here. First of all, Daniel is told to, close and seal the book. In other words, he's told to preserve the book. He's not told to keep it secret because this was a message of hope. And this was a message that the Jews often read time and time again, trusting in God's faithfulness to his word. And so this was not to conceal it, to keep it away from people. It was to seal it for the purpose of preservation. In other words, God was making provision for those who will live at the end times. Listen, Lord knows when the end comes, this book is going to be vitally important. Why would this book be vitally important in the end times? Well, it will be, in effect, a play-by-play detail of all the events that are transpiring. We'll be able to look to god's holy word and say yep this is exactly working according to god's plan god's got this i can trust him in it and so that will be important and in fact the angel tells daniel that knowledge shall increase now a lot of people think that what that means is that that a sign of the end of the times is this uh, rapidly increasing knowledge We live in a time period where knowledge like doubles like every six months now, like every four to six months, knowledge is doubling. So are we in this time of increasing knowledge? I don't think that that's what Daniel is referring to here. I don't think that's what the angel is talking about. I think what the angel is talking about is in the end days, people will see everything going on. They'll panic. And where will they turn? They'll turn to the Bible. The Bible must talk about this. And so the knowledge of the days, the knowledge of the events that are transpiring will increase. Why? Because people will finally turn to God's word. You remember 9-11, when 9-11 happened? I remember exactly where I was when 9-11 happened. I left my preaching class in seminary, headed to the library to do research, and everybody was huddled around the television. And that very night, churches opened their doors and people flooded the church. The very next Sunday was high attendance, record Sunday. Why? Because people were fearful. They were taking a look at the events of the world and where did they turn? They turned to the church. And listen, when we enter into this time period that has been described by Jesus and by Daniel as worse than the world has ever known, people will turn. To God's Word. And so we will recognize, we'll have the knowledge to un- interpret the times. So we look forward to rescue, resurrection, reward, and recognition. Finally, we look forward to restoration. Skip down to verse 11. Now there's a ton between verse 4 and verse 11. And so I want to encourage you to go back this week and to spend time reading over that. But for the sake of time, I want to get to the heart Of restoration that we look forward to. Verses 11 through 13. The angel said, And from that time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is the man who awaits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end and you shall rest and stand in your allotted place at the end of days." And when you read that, do uh, you get lost. <laughs> there's 1,290 days, and there's 1,335 days. Uh, let me do my best to explain this to you. What we know from the study of scriptures is that, that the Antichrist will arise, form a treaty with the Jews. Halfway through that, at the midpoint of the Great Tribulation, he will persecute the Jews and he will take away from them the regular burnt offering. He will desecrate the temple again, which we've talked about. And so the seven-year tribulation that we know to be years, the first three and a half years will be copacetic. The final three and a half years will be what Daniel records as time, times, and a half time. That's three and a half years. Now three and a half years, according to the Jewish calendar, is 1,260 days. But here he says, there shall be 1,290 days. There's a 30-day difference. So what is the difference between the three and a half years and this 1,290 days? Well, there's an extra 30-day, and then when you add into the 1,335 days, there's an extra 45 days for a total of 75 days days. Now let me preface what I'm about to say with the truth that I can't be totally sure what all this means. In fact, my childhood pastor growing up, Brother Lou Brown, he used to always say this. He said, in the end, all of our eschatology is going to be rearranged (laughs) because what we think is going to happen is probably not going to be the way that you think it's going to happen. So this is outside our ability to fully know for sure. But let me explain to you what I think makes sense to me. Okay? In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about after his return, after the rapture, there will be a final judgment that takes place. And that final judgment, I think, will be what happens in those 30 extra days. He will judge the people, people on his left and people on his right. That's 30 days then the additional 45 days, I think, will be what it takes to establish what is known as the millennial earthly kingdom. And so I think the discrepancy here isn't really a discrepancy. I think what the angel is revealing to Daniel is, listen, there's going to be this tribulation period, but at the end of that, Jesus is going to get to work. And he's going to get to work, and he's going to judge people, and then he's going to set up his kingdom for a thousand years. And then at the end of that will come the new heaven. And the new earth, the permanent heaven and the permanent earth, that is restoration. We know from Revelation 21 that God will fully restore his creation. Verses 1 through 7 of Revelation 21 read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. And the one who conquers shall have this heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. In other words, what sin broke in the Garden of Eden, God restores in the new heaven and the new earth. God will ultimately bring the brokenness of this world to an end and he will set up his permanent, perfect kingdom for all of eternity. And in the final verse of Daniel, God assures him of this restoration. I love what the angel tells Daniel. He says this, verse 13, But go your way till the end. More than likely, this is not talking about Daniel lasting to the end of time. It's talking about Daniel, go your way. You're going to die. Your body's going to be buried, but your soul's going to be with me. And then you're going to be resurrected. And look at what God promises. He says, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. You know what Jesus says? Similar to this. He says, I go to prepare a place for you that you may be where I am. There is a place, an allotted place in glory. It's a real place. I believe it's a physical place. The new heaven and the new earth will be a physical place. We'll have resurrected, restored bodies that cannot get ill, that cannot be hurt, that will experience no heartache. And I believe this promise to Daniel meant the world to a young, uh, an old man that was tired. Living his life for God, it meant the world that he, he had been taken into exile from a teenager. Endured many horrific things. Taken from the promised land. Never to return. And now God was faithful. And he said, hey, I'm going to give you my ultimate faithfulness. Daniel, I've prepared a place for you your rightful place. The same promise that God speaks to us through Jesus today. So what do we have to look forward to? We have a lot to look forward to. Daniel says five things at the very least. We look forward to rescue, resurrection, reward, recognition, and ultimately restoration.
0: You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast, If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together.
1: Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.
0: We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to TrinityTX.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.